0: Good evening and welcome to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. I am Stephen and I am glad to be with you tonight. Welcome to every single one of you, whether you normally find yourself here six nights a week, Tuesday through Sunday as we broadcast it. Always find out more about us at newarkupc.info. All you have to do is go to that website and it will give you all kinds of information and I won't give you the litany of things but there's lots of information there. This week is a week without small groups, and we're looking forward to when we can come back together in person and be on our campus and be together with one another, because then we won't have any weeks that are off weeks. But while we are on our digital campus, we only have small groups every other week, and this week is an off week. However, tonight, for those of you that just can't make it through the week without a small group, you do have small group connect immediately following the broadcast. So if you'll go to that same website at that Zoom link that we have at newerqpc.info that we use for our small group meetings, that will be used tonight. You can share together what's happening this week, prayer requests, and just spend some time together. You'll have a great time there. Let me at the outset here also add most of you should have received either through the broadcast or an email or a text message You should have received information from us about our district conference for the New Jersey-Delaware District. And I want to add my personal congratulations to my father-in-law, to Pastor Roy, for his election as the district superintendent. And we do look forward to his leadership leading and guiding us, at least for the next two years. And uh, I appreciate his willingness to serve. Let me put a plug in here to let you all understand the importance of teams If you've been with us over the last several years, I have been gently but insistently leading us forward to understand that a pastor-centric model, one single person, even if backed by a team, is an undue weight that is not biblically sound. Instead, there should be a team of elders, of those who are overseeing the work of God. And in this specific example What happens is, is with a team, it allows the church to be able to extend itself into areas such as service to a district, because it is not just pulling that one person upon which the whole operation of the church resides away. Instead, it pulls on one member of a team. And so we look forward to adjusting our roles and our responsibilities to allow Pastor Roy to lead our district and to contribute in that way. And uh, I congratulate him, not only as my father-in-law, but also as a member of our pastoral team. And so if you haven't had a chance yet, blow his phone up. Sending text messages or emails of congratulations. His email is roy.moss at newarkupc.org. All right, you got that? It's not .info, but .org. Pastor, it, so it's send it to roy.moss at newarkupc.org. Blow his phone up. Let's send him lots of congratulations. We're proud to be a part of it. I want to also, before I go into the to our uh, series this week and, and to my thoughts tonight, I want to welcome someone that I hope is on the broadcast with us tonight. But if he's not, whenever you see him on the broadcast, you want to give him a warm welcome. And that is to Stephen Jones. Brother Keith Johnson ran into him as he was riding his bicycle, shared his testimony with him. One thing led to another. And this afternoon, Pastor Leela baptized him in Jesus' name, and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so, Stephen, we welcome you to the family. We're so excited about what God is doing in your life. And it is not an accident that you ran into Brother Keith. It's not an accident that Brother Keith shared the gospel with you. Be ready to give an answer to any man who asks you of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's what Peter wrote to us. So, Brother Keith, thank you for being a part of the body. Thank you for doing the work of the ministry. That's exactly what we're talking about. The body does the work of the ministry as the elders oversee and equip that body. And so we are very excited about Stephen joining together with us. And if he's on right now, I hope you all are just hitting him big time, giving him attaboys and welcomes and all kinds of things. And if he's not, look for him in a future broadcast. Also, real quick, thank you to WAPC, Wilmington Apostolic Pentecostal Church, for allowing us to use their baptistry. And uh, for those of you that have forgotten, our campus is still under renovations, and uh, that is one of the primary reasons we're not yet back there. And uh, so thank you, WAPC, for allowing us to use your baptistry while that work is happening on our campus. All right, with those announcements out of the way, I get the opportunity, given that this past Sunday was Mother's Day, we did not introduce this week's theme or this week's series, so I get the opportunity tonight to do so. And so this week's uh, series is, is is a cool one. I really like the title of it. Uh, and so the main point we want everyone here to recognize, everyone who's listening, no matter how you see yourself or how others see you, we're not so different. And here's the catch line. There is a thin line between a saint and an ain't. All right, I'm going to say that one more time so you catch the little wordplay there. There is a thin line between a saint and an ain't. And so here's the gist of what we're going to try to explore this week from a number of different angles. And I will start it out tonight with my with my uh, thoughts and, and, and what I have to share with you. It is this. Don't judge a book by its cover. All right. Don't judge a book by its cover. Some saints. Are actually aints, at least for the moment. And some aints are more saints than you would have thought. All right? So there's a thin line, and we're all in this journey with Jesus. We're all seeking to know him, and in the process of this, it's a little dangerous when we start judging by the cover. It's real easy to get mixed up on what's our status, where are we at in this process, and it's really easy to get mixed up about other people's status. Now, Tonight we're going to look at Mark chapter uh, number 10, and I think I got that chapter right. Joyce, help me out, pop the first scripture up. Yes, Mark chapter 10, and uh, beginning with verse 17, and so the scripture tells us that as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? All right, sounds good, right? Guy wants to be saved. He wants to inherit eternal life. He comes to the source. He comes to Jesus. So verse 18, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. Now, there's a whole theological statement there going on. Jesus playing coy there because, as we all know, Jesus is God. But then to answer your question, he says, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone and honor your father and your mother. So the man replies, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. So Jesus has summarized the law in these these commandments. He's basically pulling on these major commandments to, to really call the young man to say, have you obeyed the law? And the young man is able with honesty. There is nowhere within the scripture that tells us that he was lying, that he was exaggerating. But with honesty, he said, I've obeyed everything since I was young. Now, if we were to stop the story here, here's point number one that I want to make tonight. If we were to stop the story here, we would all accurately conclude that we needed to be like this man. If the story didn't go on, we would conclude and actually feel quite condemned because I don't think any of us on this broadcast could claim to have been obedient to all of those commandments since we were a young man. But if we stop the story, we conclude we need to be like this man. But as God told Samuel, we humans judge people from the outside. That's the only assessment we have, is judging this man and the report about him from the outside. But God, God looks at the heart. You see there is danger in judging a book by its cover. There's danger in judging a book by its cover. And that not only applies to those others that you are judging, but it also applies to yourself. Change the word cover and put it into actions. There's a danger in judging yourself solely by your function, by your actions, by your performance. Now, let me go on. Jesus looks at the man verse 21, and feels genuine love for him. But then he says something that is not apparent from the cover. He says, there's still one thing you haven't done. How can there be anything that he hasn't done? The young man has obeyed all the commandments since he was a young man. How? What do you mean there's still one thing you haven't done? Jesus says, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, there's a lot that I could I could spend time on this, that what Jesus is doing here, and, and and some of it might be accurate, but we don't know for sure why it is that Jesus required of this young man, why God himself in the flesh required of this man that he would sell his possessions and goods, give them to the poor, and come follow Jesus. Why couldn't he follow Jesus with riches? In fact, We have other examples of disciples that did exactly that. From everything I can tell, Joseph of Arimathea did not sell everything he had. From what I can tell, Barnabas did not sell everything that he had. These were two people that seemed to be, by the scriptures, rich. They had money. So what's going on here? Now, one possibility is is that this young man was reliant upon these riches. In other words, they were an idol. He didn't mean them to be, but they were something he relied on, And they were going to get in the way of him following Jesus. But we don't know for sure. That's one example. That's one way we could apply it. But that's not for sure what was going on here. The bottom line is verse 22 makes it very clear that Jesus had touched something. At this, at the statement, one thing thou lackest. At the statement, you need to go sell your your possessions and your goods and, and give them to the poor. You need to come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus accurately touched something that was in the way of this man following Jesus, of obtaining eternal life, and you would not have been able to know it by judging the book cover. You wouldn't have known it. Jesus loves everyone. This is point number two that I want to make clear to everyone here tonight. Jesus loves everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if your book cover is beat up. I don't care if your book cover is is in pristine shape. I don't care how well you've got things cleaned up or how bad things are. Jesus loves everyone. But he still does not judge a book by its cover. He understands that sin, listen carefully, sin is a condition of the heart first And out of that, that condition of the heart, the actions flow. You see, like a medical doctor, you don't want to deal with the symptoms. You want to deal with the cause. You can put a band-aid or do some kind of treatment to the symptoms, but as long as the root cause is still there, nothing's going to change. Jesus understands that the book cover is not what it's about. It's about what's inside. It's about the heart. Jesus said this in many, many different ways. So Jesus loves everyone, but He doesn't. he's not as concerned with the book cover. Now, please understand, it is not that when you fix the root condition that the book cover doesn't clean up. But you see, a cleaned up book cover does not equal that everything's okay inside. Just because you look like a saint, just because you talk like a saint, just because you act like a saint, (laughs) it don't mean you are one. In fact, there's plenty of examples in the New Testament and in our own lives in which what looks like a saint is actually, for the time being, an ain't. And conversely, what looks like an ain't is actually much closer to a saint. Point number three, the only book you can accurately judge is your own. Now, I didn't say you're going to be able to do that without the help of God, but the only one you really can get to is your own because you can never know the inside of another person. It's hard to understand even yourself. The heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah says, and desperately wicked and ask the questions who can know it. But The Lord is the one who tries the reins of the heart, the prophet goes on to say. So you see, we have to understand that judging any other book than our own is a mistake. Now, I'm not talking about whether we bear witness to the gospel. I'm not talking about whether you tell your story, but I am talking about drawing conclusions about others. The only book you can judge is your own. Point number four that I want you to remember from tonight is just because you got it together on the outside does not mean you are a saint. Just because you are a mess on the outside does not mean you are an ain't. And this is true not only of you, it is true of others as well. In other words, these categories of saints and ain't are deceptive. They're problematic. Because most of our conclusions about whether somebody is a saint or an ain't is drawn from the external. And God doesn't look on the external. He looks on the heart. Jesus told a parable of a a publican and a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee was a God-fearing, law-abiding teacher of the law. And a publican was a tax collector. He was not only religiously reprehensible, he was politically and socially reprehensible. Uh, and culturally reprehensible. He he collected taxes for the oppressing Romans. And Jesus tells the story of these two standing in the the synagogue, and and the publican is standing there, and he's praying, and and the Pharisee's standing there, and he's praying. And if we were standing on the outside looking at these two, we would say, Pharisee, saint, publican, ain't. But Jesus flipped it, and he said, the publican is praying to God and saying, God, I am a sinner. I am undone. I am unworthy. Please have mercy upon me. Meanwhile, the Pharisee is standing there. The one we would call a saint. He's standing there and he's praying. And guess what he's praying about? Not himself, but his brother, but his publican brother. That's one of your signals that you're in a problem. When you're spending more time on others and less time on yourself, you are headed into ain't category. So he says, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I am godly. I thank you that I tithe and that I am faithful. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that dude over there. Jesus looked at his audience in telling this story, and he says, Now, which one do you think went home right with God? Which one went home, at least for that period of time, a saint? And which one went home and ain't? Well, the answer is not what we would have thought it was, because we can't judge a book by its cover. The Pharisee went home and ain't even though he had been performing pretty well. But his heart was stinky. He didn't love his brother. Meanwhile, the publican, he wasn't performing very well at all. But his heart was reaching towards God. His heart was broken and open towards God. He went home a saint, and the Pharisee went home an ate. You see, point number five tonight. This is why Jesus instructs us to judge ourselves and not judge others. The only book you should be judging is yourself. Don't judge a book by its cover. Some saints are ain'ts, at least for the moment, and some ain'ts are more saints than you thought. You've just got to mind your own business. Now, this is not about bearing witness to the gospel, because when you share the good news, what you're sharing is your story. If you're sharing the gospel in any other way, I don't know how you're doing it. Because you cannot lecture others. You can tell them what you know. Peter said, I referenced this earlier. Peter said, be ready to give an answer when they ask you about the reason you have hope. You give them an answer about your hope. That's what Brother Keith did. He just told Stephen about what he knew. The apostles say that all the time. We can only tell you what we know. We can only share with you what we have seen. We can't talk to you about everything else, but we can tell you what we know. You see, you you share from your own book. You share from your own story. And that story, by the way, is not meant to be perfect because how are you going to share a gospel that works with a broken world if you are perfect? That broken world can't understand that. But when you, a broken person, can shed light and shed hope in a dark and hopeless world. Now, there's where something will work. Stop judging other books. Open your book and share what God's doing in your life. Now, here's the good news. Whether you are a saint, at least you think you are, but you're actually an ain't, at least for the moment. Or whether you're looking at yourself and you're going, oh, my life is a mess. I'm an ain't. But you're actually more of a saint than you thought. No matter where you find yourself, I got good news for you. The good news is, is that wherever you find yourself, God is interested in reaching you there. Because how you become a saint is through the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power of God working within you. It is not by might and is not by power of our own doing, but it is by the spirit of the almighty God. What happens is, is after this young man or this man leaves Jesus and and, and goes away very sad because of his possessions, verse 23 tells us that Jesus looked around and he says to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. I want you to pause there for a moment. So first he says it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. But now notice again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. You see, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God by your own might, by your own power, by your own ability. No one is. No one becomes a saint by their own ability. In fact, we'd be a lot better off if we would start with the premise that we all are ain'ts headed towards saints. Instead of thinking we're saints, reaching down and grabbing that other lower person, like the Pharisee did with the publican. No, we're all aints on a journey to being saints. And if we all got that straight, the difference between us and the world is just one thing. It's not whether we're aints. It's whether we know how to walk the journey toward being a saint. That's where the church has an edge. We we know how to walk towards the master who will make us a saint. It's hard for any of us to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus goes on. He says, in fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this is either just extreme hyperbole, which of course is impossible. A camel can't go through the eye of a needle, or it might be imagery of of a type of city gate that is very low. It was called a a needle, the, the and and the camel would have to get down on his knees and it would be arduous to get through. He'd need the larger gate, but to get into the kingdom, it'd be the smaller one. Either way, the point is, is that it's hard to enter the kingdom and it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom. Now, let me break some news to all of us. Most of us in the United States of America and North America are rich. We are rich compared to the rest of the world. We have things we can rely on. We have knowledge. We have access. We have money. With we possessions. We're all in trouble. So the disciples, they're astounded. They said, then who in the world can be saved? <laughs> who, who can be saved? They were asked the right question. They asked the right question. Who in this world can be saved? Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God everything. So if you're here tonight and you're listening to this broadcast and you're like, there is no way that this is going to work for me. (laughs) I I am so undone. I can't be like you. In fact, I remember one fellow that used to come to church back when we were in the metal building. That's our fellowship hall. That's going to be awesome when you guys see how we've redone some of that. But you'll see that in a few weeks. He came in and he looked at my dad one time and he said, I can't live like you people. I got newsflash for you. If you're looking at anybody, whoever the witness is in your life or somebody that you look up to, you go, I can't live like them. Can I, can I give you a newsflash? They can't live like them either. None of us are saints. We all are ain'ts. And the only way we're becoming more and more saint is through the power of God working within us. What is impossible, humanly speaking, is possible with God and only with God. This is why you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This isn't about getting into a club. This isn't about God rejecting you unless he fills you with the Spirit. Stephen received the Holy Spirit today, and the reason that he wants that Holy Spirit is because that's the only way he's got a shot at moving from ain't to saint. You and I only have a shot of moving from ain't to saint if the working of the Holy Spirit is operating within us. But the good news is, is that you'll get honest with yourself if you won't act like the Pharisee. Let me talk to some of you holiness living people. You've been living by God's laws for a while. You've been doing what God has asked you to do, and you've begun to forget how you did it. You've begun to forget where you came from. You've begun to forget what you used to act like. And you thought you cleaned yourself up by yourself, and you didn't. God did that. He shed his love abroad in your hearts. He's the one who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's the one who extended mercy and grace that has transformed you. He's the one who has renewed your mind. You got to get off your high horse if you're on one, looking down your nose. I hate to say it, church, but we got to be careful. Many within the church, if Jesus were to show up, he would call us Pharisees and say we are not saints. He'd send us home not right with God. Whereas there are many others who, oh, they've got some brokenness going on. They're they're jacked up. They don't dress right, talk right, or think right. But they are a lot closer to saint than some of us who are saints, but aren't being honest about how we're ain't. You see, we got to get honest with ourselves. And when we're honest with ourselves, it allows us to judge ourselves, not with condemnation but by the word of God that calls us forward into righteousness. And then also reach for those who are walking in this same path and reach with empathy and reach with mercy and reach with grace. and Tell them about the power of the name of Jesus and tell them about the power of the word of God and tell them about the power of baptism in Jesus' name that remits their sins and tell them about the power of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? You don't need a preacher to do it. You, you the saint. Or maybe the ain't who's closer to a saint, but not quite yet there. You tell them. You share your story. How many more of you are running into people around you and you're thinking, man, we got to get back to church in order for this to work. Well, I got news for you. That didn't stop Brother Keith. When that church. In fact, we didn't even baptize him on our physical campus. Do you know what? It doesn't mean a hill of beans to Stephen where he got baptized. What matters is, is the saving name of Jesus. What matters is, is that there was water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What matters is him being filled with the Holy Spirit. God will work within his life. (laughs) God's not fixated on the location. He's not fixated on the agent. He just needs to work through people to reach people. What's impossible, humanly speaking, is possible with God. I'll go ahead and wrap up with this. We all struggle with this. Verse 28, Peter spoke up. He says, we've given up everything to follow you. Just so trying, trying to posture a little bit there. Lord, do you realize all that we've given up for you? Do you realize everything we've done? Verse 28, we've given up everything to follow you. But Jesus replies, and he says, I assure you, That everyone who's given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property. Oh, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. That's an awesome promise. In this life, I will be good to you, God says. In this life, I will be faithful to you, but it's going to come with persecution. And in the life to come, you're going to have eternal life. That which is impossible with humans will be possible with me. And then verse 31. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Can you allow me just a little prerogative as we explore this week, the thin line between a saint and a maid? Many who are saints now will be ain't then. And those who seem not saint now will be saint then. I'm not whitewashing how we act or how we live. I'm not telling you it doesn't matter. But I am telling you that God's not judging a book by its cover. God's looking at our hearts. And God has loved you when you were a down and out publican. And he's loving you now when you're a snot-nosed Pharisee. Down and out publican is an ain't that if you're praying like the publican in the story is headed towards saint. And the snot-nosed Pharisee, well, that's one that looks like a saint. But at least for the moment, they're an ain't. Guess who God loves? All of them. He loves all of the Pharisees who think they're saints, but at least for the moment, they're ain'ts. And he loves all of the publicans who at least for the moment are ain'ts, but really want to be saints. You see, the message tonight is pretty simple. We're all in this together. If you're a human, if you're breathing, if you're made in the image and likeness of God, this gospel is for you and it will work. Judge your book, your book, not just by its cover, but get into that heart. And when you come in contact with others, don't judge their book by its cover. Let God reach. Let God tune your senses in as he did to Samuel and said, Samuel, you're fixated on height and how good looking it is and No, you see that ruddy looking kid over there, that kid that just came in out of the field, that kid that smells like sheep. Yeah, that's the one that's the man after my own heart. That's the one who's to be king of Israel. Do you see that washed up person there? Do you see that person that doesn't look like they want God? That's who I'm looking for. That ain't is a lot more closer to a saint than you thought. All right, we're going to have a great week this week. As I've mentioned before, we broadcast every single night except for Monday night. So tonight is the first, the start of this week, Tuesday through Sunday. We're going to have a great week this week looking at a thin line between a saint and an ain't. I hope you've enjoyed tonight. Again, I mentioned to you, go to our website, newarkupc.info. You can find out all kinds of information there. Join a small group. It'd be a great time to join one. We'll start in on small groups online uh, next week again. And we're looking forward to a great time as we continue with our lessons. Uh, our broadcast information is on that website. Prayer requests can be submitted. You can partner with us in giving. You can give us praise reports. You can update your contact information. If you did not get the email or the text with regard to Brother Moss becoming district superintendent, then that means you're not in our database and you need to go there and give us your Refreshed information if you've moved if your address has changed and for all of you that are impatient like me to get back to our physical campus Hold your horses work is happening every single day at the church It has begun again and we are again looking at july or august and until then Six nights a week. We will be on this broadcast with you And I hope that you'll continue to join us and so From my home to your home or maybe it's your car or maybe it's your job Have a blessed night. Good night, everyone.